Welcome to By the Way, a podcast of Founders Christian School, where we aim to help you pursue a biblical education as you go by the way. Well, last time we ended our conversation on the church uh, with this great point from, from Mr. Jones that not everyone views authority, uh, especially authority within the church, as a positive thing. So uh, we ended talking about how we do want to have a podcast where we talk through this idea of authority, how it's a good thing, what what is authority, where does it come from, um, how do we view different authorities in our life, and and then why? Why is this a, a good thing that God has established for his people, this idea of authority. We could just start by asking the question, what is authority? Where does it come from? So how do we understand what authority is and uh, where does that authority come from? That's definitely the, the place to start and um, not actually that easy of a question to answer in, in some respects. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a definition of authority here that says legal power or a right to command or act as the authority of a prince over subjects and of parents over children. So we can say, okay, we can look at that and we can know that there is such a thing as authority and that it is legal power or the right to command or act. But okay, where does that come from? This is one of the places where biblical worldview is great to have because we see in Romans 13 very clearly where earthly authority comes from and we can see in the totality of Scripture where ultimate authority comes from. So those questions are, are laid down for us. We don't have to rack our brains trying to figure out where authority comes from because we know very clearly that all authority is from God. And there is no authority except that which has been instituted by God. So It's one of those words that we know what it means, but it's hard to define, yep. which happens a lot. Sure. Uh, but you could say that simply as you're talking to a, a, one of maybe one of our K through third graders, you just ask the question, who's in charge? Who's in charge of the classroom right now? And, and it's intuitive to the student to say, well, the teacher. So we've established what authority is. Um, let's look at some examples of authority that we have in our lives uh, that we encounter on a, on a regular basis. What are some of those authorities that we have established in our lives? Well, what got us talking about this in the first place was last week the mention of the fact that there's authority in the local church, um, and and that was kind of where we started teasing out the idea that authority is is a blessing and, and intended uh, as a part of God's good design. So you see that same pattern at place in the in the government. Uh, we see it in the home. We see it in the workplace, and so uh, there's there's really not a realm that we can think of that there's not some form of authority and and there's a reason for that right you you are right to mention that young kids see that intuitively right they they you ask them who's in charge at home they know ask them who's in charge in their classroom they know uh, we naturally get that there has to be authority structure it's also instructive to say who do they wish was was in charge mm. you know well, I wish I was in charge. Yeah. And and that's what we all think. And that's because of the, the rebellious heart that we have um, where we want to reject authority all the way up to God's authority like we see in the garden. We want to reject what God has said and establish ourselves as that authority. Um, but we do have these examples all, all, all around us um, in, in basically every realm. And all those authorities that you just gave as examples that we do see in Scripture, they all lead up to the ultimate authority, which is God himself. Uh, just a few places we see this in scripture matthew 28 18 this is just before the uh, the great commission that, that jesus gives before he leaves this earth 
He says, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples. So all authority is given to Christ. Um, in the Psalms, Psalm 47, uh, we, we see the phrase, God is the king over all the earth. So he's the ultimate authority that all these other authorities are under. So as we think about these authorities, how do we respond to an authority that maybe is in violation of what God says, or maybe they're stepping into a a realm or a domain that they don't belong in, or or they're just unjust and and not kind and they're not considering me, you know? How how do we think through that? Well, in general, and and I think you've got some some scripture to back this up, so I'll I'll let you read it here in just a minute, but um, in general... The expectation is still that we remain in subjection to them. Uh, now, what that doesn't mean is that we go violating Scripture. So where we're justified in, in limiting someone's authority is where they've asked us of, ask of us something that God forbids or where they've forbidden us from something that God requires. In those cases, we obey God, obviously. Um, but if it's not, something that clear-cut, the general expectation is that we submit. A great verse on this for even those unjust authorities is in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 18. Peter writes, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. And then we see um, later on in chapter 3, Still on this idea of authority, he tells wives to be subject to their husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. So even in the context of someone that's not a believer that's your authority or someone that's acting unjust, we're actually commanded in Scripture to still submit to that authority and honor them. Of course, not if they violate what, or tell you to violate God's word, like you said, um, but if they're not, if it's, if it's you know, some other thing that we can do with a clear conscience and they ask us to do it or, or we're to respect them in some way, we're to do that. Ultimately, it's for God's glory. You know, the, the, we, we want to um, imitate who Christ was himself. That's the example we're given, actually, of submitting to unjust authority. That's right. Um, but it's also for the good of the person who is submitted to that authority. And that's one thing that I think you know, people often think, well, they just want me to submit or I'm supposed to submit for their good, but it's actually for our good. And so that's what I want to, on this last part of this, we've talked about what is authority? Where did it come from? What are examples of these authorities in our life? This last section, let's talk about the gift that authority is. I was just thinking first, uh, first of all, about first John five, three, where we are told that to love God is to obey his commandments, but also that his commandments are not burdensome. And further, in in Matthew 11, beginning in verse 28, uh, Christ says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So submission to Christ actually involves rest for our souls. And a part of submission to Christ is a submission to other authorities as well. So even as we submit to other authorities, we are submitting to Christ and there will be rest for us there. And we can know authoritatively that the command to do so is not burdensome. And if we feel that it is, there's probably a place for repentance. Yeah, absolutely. These are, even under unjust authority, 
it is going to be for our good to submit to that because that's what God's word tells us to do. I mean, you could you could put a period right there that what God tells us to do it, so we know that's what's best for us. But the scripture actually even gives us clear incentive to obey authority. So um, I, I found this amazing that almost every time authority is mentioned, there's some sort of comment about how this is actually for our good as well. So Ephesians 6, for, for the children listening to this, that's where you, you probably hear the first part of this verse quoted all the time. Children, obey, obey your parents in the Lord, for it is right. He, he quotes from the, the Ten Commandments and says, Honor your father and mother. And then he says it's the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you. So right there we have it's it's actually to go well with you that that's an incentive for you and then Romans 13 when we hear uh, the most common quoted passage about obeying and being subject to governing authorities uh, Romans 13:4 says they are God's servants for your good right there for your good um, that's what the governing authority to to submit to them is for and then Hebrews 13 uh, where it talks about the again the most famously quoted passage when we talk about submitting to authorities within our church, um, it actually ends with a statement that it's no advantage to you to reject that authority and make their oversight of your soul difficult. So all of these have this built-in incentive of it's actually a good thing to have the authority and submit to that authority. Yeah, and and, and in the passage you read earlier, First Peter three we see a different kind of blessing. And, and, and I think this is a, a, a beautiful picture of, of what submission to, it, uh, to, to uh, someone who has some kind of authority w- would look like where First Peter 3, 1 says, Wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives when they see your respectful and pure conduct. So when we have someone that, we're commanded to be subject to who maybe doesn't obey the word or isn't just in some way, that person can actually be one through submission to them. That's godly. That's a, it's actually evangelistic in some sense. Yeah, for sure. One thing I would, I would also say that I, I probably didn't recognize until the last few years of my life is just seeing that authority is actually God's way of structuring your life so that you don't have to fret over what you ought to be doing. It's it's a way that you know God's will for your life. So if if you're at home and and you're a student and you have a homework assignment that's due the next day and you don't feel like you want to do that homework assignment and you're like, should I do it or should I not? I don't really feel like doing it. Well, understanding authority cuts through all of that to just say, well, this is what I'm supposed to do for my good. So I'm going to do it. And there's freedom in that. There's freedom in not having to try to decide and, and to set out the path of your own life when God's given you all sorts of instructions and all sorts of guidance by authority. So there's there's freedom in knowing God's will for your life and following the structures that he's placed you in and, and the authorities he's given to you for your good and for his glory and what a gracious gift that authority is. A tremendous gift. Well, that, that's a great discussion on authority. I hope you all uh, found that helpful. Um, before we end our discussion time, there was somewhat of a big announcement we wanted to make today. Yeah, so sp- speaking of good gifts, we were tremendously blessed by the uh, projects students turned in for the Work With Your Hands Challenge. And so what I would like to do is announce our winners from each of the four categories. So... 
Uh, I'm just going to announce them, and then what I'd like to do is, is hope that next week we can display these somehow, include them in a, in a video on the podcast or something like that. Um, might even be neat if we could get one of these students on to talk about their project. So uh, in the kindergarten and first grade division, our winner was Henry Tut. Right. So, yeah. Congratulations, Henry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Great project, and, and I'm excited for everybody to be able to see it. Should, and, should I say before you announce some more winners that they were all phenomenal? Oh, for sure. Yeah, so if your name isn't announced as a winner, I don't want you to be at all discouraged because every project that we saw turned in was just absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And so uh, we are going to, we're aiming to, to figure out how to display every one of these projects somehow for everybody to be able to see because they were all worth uh, seeing. So that's right. Great work. Um, and, and let's let's continue on. Yep. So the uh, the winner in the second through fourth grade division was Eliana Philpot. So congratulations. Yeah. And, and just I guess I should say Henry made a little uh, wooden car that's uh, looked to be a model of a, of a car that his parents own. Uh, Eliana made a book stand out of purple heart wood that was just stunningly beautiful. So. The fifth and sixth grade divisions winner was Nicholas Welling, and his was a paper mache shoulder mount of an exotic animal, and it was it was also quite impressive. Yeah, very so, well done. Yeah, uh, and then finally the upper school division was Nicholas Jones, and his project was he he built a. Uh, like a double decker guinea pig house for for his guinea pig. So great job, Nick. Yep, uh, they, they were all great. Yes. Um, so th- that's exciting and thankful to get to announce those. And and as Mr. Jones mentioned, next week will be a a a highlighting of those projects for our podcast next week. So be sure to tune in next week. Come back and uh, you'll be able to hopefully see some of those and even hear from from some of our contestants. It's time for dad joke of the day with Dan Baker. All right, Mr. Baker, uh, we are excited about what you have for us today. What do you got? What concert costs just 45 cents? Got any stabs at that one? There's probably Uh, several I wouldn't pay 45 cents. Nickelback opening up for 50 cent. Boom. That's funny. I can no. honestly say I've never heard that one. Yeah, that yeah. is real good. I think we can use that. Yeah, use it. That's, that's fine. I'm impressed. You got that. That yeah, was. I'm, that was that nice. was good. Drop the mic. Yeah, that's it. 